You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Welcome aboard if you're new. Locked On Boston College is a daily podcast that brings you all the information and news that you want about Boston College. Hosted by me, AJ Black, editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. If you want to read any of my uh, stories or news articles, you can head over to BC Bulletin. It's part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Hope you check it out. Now, yesterday we talked about uh, the Irish and BC game and kind of put a bow on all of our talks about that game. I'm sure no one else really wants to talk more about Notre Dame and Boston College. So I had promised you that we were going to pretty much, you know, stop our talk about BC um, football for the for the week. But more news broke last night, so I have to lie and say that was the first thing we're going to talk about today. So let's um let's break down something uh, news related. Yesterday, yesterday, the uh, ACC announced that Boston College's game against Louisville that would be happening on November 27th got pushed back to December 12th. So BC now has two weeks off between the Notre Dame game and the game against now is against Virginia. So we're going to see a game... Um, not again until you know December, which is I think honestly a good thing for Boston College. This is a team that was getting beat up pretty badly. You saw what happened to Phil Dracovic. We talked about that yesterday with his shoulder. You saw that you know the other players, CJ Lewis came up kind of limping at one point. Other players were getting beat up. You know, getting two weeks off, I don't think is a bad thing. They can rest. They can do some restorative therapy like yoga, things like that. I know Halfley was talking about that. You guys can laugh, but that's exactly what he said they were doing. Um, and, and do things to take care of themselves. Because, you know, they did nine games in a row. And for a team that didn't get a chance to really train because of COVID, that's a, that's a long time. And to get some time off, I think, is going to be so refreshing for everybody within that program. The staff, um, Halfley was joking this week that he looked like a ghost. He just had been uh, so tired from all the, um, you know, the work that he's done. He hasn't had a day off since June, he said. So hopefully they all get a chance to kind of hit that reset button. But... In terms of scheduling, I think it's great, you know, because now BC gets a chance to, to spread out the season. <laughs> and for the first time in probably forever, Boston College is going to have a home game in December. Uh, I know the fans won't be there, but that's still pretty cool that we're going to get a game that late. Could get some snow in Alumni Stadium. You never know. Um, but uh, we're going to look at um, a game against Louisville in December. We have the game against UVA before that. That's going to be at UVA, so it's an away game. But that Louisville game, you know, when we first started talking about that at the beginning of the year, I talked about this yesterday with Eric, that was a game that you just looked at and you said, ooh, that's going to be a tough one for BC. You saw what happened last year. It's got to be a big worry. But this is a team that is in really bad shape, and it just gets worse and worse every day. Scott Satterfield's having a really tough year with that group. Um, they're turning over the ball. They, they've turned over the ball more than any other team in the ACC this year. Um, Tutu Atwell's hurt. Uh, Javian Hawkins, their running back, is out for the year. He decided to opt out uh, yesterday. So this is a team that's just you know uh, ripe 
for BC to beat, and I think they line up perfectly. You know, as long as they can kind of contain Mikhail Cunningham, and you know, based off what I've seen this year, he's not the same quarterback as what we saw last year. I think BC should have no problem with that team. And of course, all of this started because of uh, COVID cases with the University of Miami, so they had to kind of switch around their schedule, and the ACC, you know, had to kind of balance that out to make sure it worked. And with Miami being a possible ACC title game contender, if Notre Dame or Clemson were to lose a game, you know, that's going to make a lot of sense that they had to do that. So that was the first piece of information that I wanted to talk about. The other has to do with recruiting. Um, Yesterday, I saw that Coco Lookrich, who is an offensive guard from Park City, Utah, committed to um, Stanford. He was a kid that uh, Boston College offered back in the spring. And, you know, when you're covering recruiting, you get to watch a lot of game film. And I watched his game film, and he floored me. The way he plays, he it was an, he's an offensive guard, and I was just impressed the way, he, you know, he's all over the place. An athletic freak. He would have been perfect at BC. But... Uh, Stanford jumped in late and, you know, he wanted to go to Stanford and he ended up there. So I know some people have been asking me about him. He committed to Stanford yesterday and I think he's going to play fullback there. So that was um, a piece of recruiting news to keep an eye on. Uh, People keep asking me as well about Drew Kendall. I have no updates, but with the early uh, recruiting signing period coming up in a month, he's going to have to sign soon. So keep your eyes open. He strikes me as a kid that's going to just have a... uh, an announcement that just comes out of the blue like all of a sudden we're just going to see a day where it pops up that's where he's go where he's going so he's someone else to watch for um in terms of flips i still continue to say watch those michigan games because if you watch michigan and wisconsin this weekend whew, michigan looked terrible they don't have you know they're they're a, a you know, it wasn't just Milton, their quarterback, who looked completely lost out there. Their defense looked really bad. Uh, there was a cut one play where you know the, they ran it in. Wisconsin ran it in for about 15 yards out, and it looked like Michigan just bailed. They didn't even want to try tackling the running back for um, the Badgers. So they're a team that I say there's a couple kids on there you're gonna want to watch for, and there's a well, at least one other recruit that may is still making his decision. You know, B- BC is not in bad shape. So, you know, the guy that I always mention is TJ Guy, who was committed to BC, then flipped to Michigan uh, after Halfley took over. If things go awry in Michigan, I know BC was high on him for a while and still is, and they're still, you know, they're probably still communicating with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he flips back to BC. So keep your eye on that. And he's the perfect kind of guy that BC could really use up front. So TJ Guy is one. And then George Rooks. George Rooks is the other defensive lineman who has BC, Penn State, and Michigan in his final three. And, you know, we just talked about Michigan. Penn State ain't playing much better. So unless he was in love with Happy Valley, you know, Boston College could stand a chance to get him too. He's a four-star defensive end, uh, defensive tackle, excuse me, and would be a, a massive get for BC. So, you know, going into this final stretch, Kendall, um, Rooks, and Guy, I think, are the three that you're going to want to watch for. And I'm sure there might be a surprise here or there, too. You know, there's um, Jaden Williams, who is a wide receiver. I know he's probably going to have BC in his final two or three. So those are the guys that I would be looking for uh, going into this last month. And then strap in because the class of 22 is going to be really impressive for Halfley, and I think he's going to really impress some people with what he brings in. 
Now let's talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is a beer that is literally made to chill. And when you're having a nonstop day, one where you're hustling all the time, you're on 24-7, whether it's social issues or family or friends or anything that's going on at work, sometimes you need to take a moment and just hit reset. For me, those are days where I reach for a Coors Light. It's the beer that's literally made to chill. Now, I've mentioned this before. I love sports. Obviously, if I'm doing a podcast or, or, or writing about Boston College, it was something that's always interested in me. But I also like watching sports where I don't have to really cover it. And when I just want to chill and watch anything, and believe me, I'll watch a Mac game. I watched the Bears and um, the Bears and whoever uh, Vikings last night. And I just grabbed an ice cold Coors Light. I cracked it open. It was perfect. It's cold lagers, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. As crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, it was perfect for a moment to unwind, which I needed last night. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious snack slash food supplement that you can have at any point during the day. And I love Built Bars. I, I've talked about them before many times on this podcast. They have 18 delicious flavors. And there's so many to try. I haven't even gone through them all yet. Toffee almond, um, banana bread, peanut butter, German chocolate. You know, I'm, I'm, I haven't had my lunch yet and I am starving thinking about Built Bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate, so it tastes like a candy bar, but it's good for you. It's soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but also have like a delicious treat, it's perfect. I love to have mine after work. I used to, you know, I used to have crap all the time when I would go home. And this gave me something better to have. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's great for the keto diet. Everything is perfect. Listen to the listen to the flavor profile of the coconut almond, one of my favorites. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. And it's delicious. So you're not going to even feel bad after eating this. So that's what I'm telling you. Built Bar is perfect. Free, you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. This is only going to last a week or so, so make sure you're on top of that. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at Built Bar. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can catch me at AJBlack underscore BC. You can check out the podcast at Locked on BC. Every morning I post the newest updated uh, show news and notes, so you can check that out. And also check out my site, Boston College SI on Twitter. To continue on our episode of AJ Lied to Us, Why Are We Still Talking About Football? We're going to talk about... Jeff Affley now because again something else came up over the weekend there were there was one college football firing that was big news and that was Will Muschamp at South Carolina the Gamecocks decided to move on from Muschamp after another disastrous year and he's really not done much with that program which is pretty impressive that they even brought him in because he really didn't do much at Florida either so they moved on, and as the talks of the coaching carousel has begun. And why am I bringing this up? Because some of the names are going to definitely include bringing up Jeff Halfley. 
first one has to be Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. We've talked a lot about on this uh, podcast about what his role is going to be in terms of you know moving on and getting fired and things like that. He is just having a, a disaster of a year at Michigan, and I don't know how much better it's going to get with the Wolverines. But if he is fired at the end of the year, I don't think you'll see Jeff Halfley's name linked to the Wolverines, but you never know with the media and the way that they make up their their lists of, of potential coaching replacements. So when Michigan, if they decide to move on from Harbaugh, don't be surprised if Jeff Halfley's name is on that list of possible candidates. And I'm, gonna, I'm here now. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to tell you that it's nonsense. They're not going to hire Jeff Halfley. I can't imagine Jeff Halfley leaving this program for any school after this year. And here's a few reasons why. Michigan is probably one of the top 10 programs in the country in terms of job uh, prestige. You know, they haven't been playing well recently, but they're at school that is like an end destination program. They're not going to go and get a guy like Jeff Halfley, who's five and four right now. And it could be seven and four by the time they fire Jeff, uh, Jim Harbaugh. They're going to want at Michigan. They'll either go for two routes. They're going to go with the Michigan guy, which, believe me, is one of the things that's going to keep them from becoming a bigger program. Or they're going to go for another elite uh, coach with a big pedigree like they did when they got hired Harbaugh. Now, here's what I think will happen with Michigan if they fire Harbaugh. They're going to look at a few different names. Luke Fickle will be the first one, the head coach of Cincinnati. He would be a slam dunk hire. He's a coach that you know had experience at Ohio under Ohio State, excuse me, under Urban Meyer. He's been great at Cincinnati. He's got Cincinnati to the point where they may be a playoff team. You know, if you want to get a coach that has the potential to being a big time thing, Fickle's done it. Halfley has not yet, and that's no knock on Halfley. Halfley has had quite a few different. Um, you know, roadblocks thrown in his way this year, but Fickle's already there. So he's well more close along the lines of what Michigan would look for if they're going to hire a coach. The other name is PJ Fleck. And that would be another guy I would think that they would go for. Now, Fleck signed an extension with Minnesota last year after a great season where Minnesota was in the top 10. Um, he has, you know, roots in that area. He coached in the uh, Michigan area. He's a guy that, you know, if Michigan wants to pony up the bucks and get their donors happy, P.J. Fleck will be rowing that boat in Ann Arbor next year. So those are two big names I would think of. There's another one that just you know came on the market as well. I was just thinking Bill O'Brien uh, was fired by the Texans. He had a lot of success at Penn State, so he might be someone else. Um, but that look at the look at the levels of where those coaches are at in their careers, where Halfley's at. Halfley hasn't won a top twenty-five game yet. He hasn't won eight games in a season he hasn't won been a top 25 team yet he hasn't played a bowl game yet he's a first year head coach there is no way michigan is going to make an offer to a guy like jeff halfley without their fan base you know wanting the 80s head on a platter now do i think jeff halfley could be at a school like that in a couple years absolutely if in three years bc is a top 25 school if they have good recruiting classes, they're battling in good bowls, watch out. And you know what the biggest thing could happen is that like Ryan Day ends up in the NFL and then Jeff Halfley ends up back at Ohio State. So I don't think that's going to happen for a couple years, though. So enjoy the time that you have with Jeff Halfley now. I don't think he's going anywhere. You probably will only see him linked to Midwest schools or schools up in the Northeast because of his New Jersey roots. 
So if like Tom Herman's fired at Texas or Clay Helton out in uh, California is fired, I don't expect uh, Halfley to be in the running for those. He probably won't be in the list, just like he wasn't for Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp, the list of possible candidates are all those coaches like Billy Napier, the guy from Coastal Carolina, all the you know Southern schools. They're going to go for a guy like that. However, the one school that gives me a little bit of tension and, and worry is UCLA. And why, why would UCLA hire um, Jeff Halfley? Well, just think back to who their AD is. It's Martin Jarman, who also hired Jeff Halfley at Boston College. UCLA uh, is a school that hasn't had a football program that's been very relevant in a while. Uh, Chip Kelly has been pretty mediocre up to this point. Uh, however, this year they are... Now, they are 1-1. One one. They beat Cal last week, but you never know. Could UCLA move on from Chip Kelly? He doesn't seem to have the magic he had when he was at Oregon that many UCLA fans were hoping for. And it seems like his style has kind of gone the way of um, the way of the records and, and eight, eight tracks because it doesn't seem like it's very current and, and effective. Could Martin Jarman decide after the season that he doesn't want Chip Kelly and try to go after Halfley? I don't see it. I just don't. You know, Halfley's main key is that he's an East Coast guy. He's able to recruit out in New Jersey. He's got his roots out this way. Jarman may love him, but I just don't see him going out West. So, you know, I I get hesitation every time I bring that up because it's like, oh gosh, Jarman brought him in before. Why wouldn't he do it again? I just don't see it happening. So I think everyone needs to just take a breath when you see his name posted. Just think of that as, you know, the school's in the right place right now and that Jeff Halfley... Um, it's starting to catch attention, and that's okay. Um, just know that he probably won't be going anywhere for two to three years at least. Um, he's a guy also, I, I think, that you see you see coaches that talk a lot of coach speak. He seems like a guy that really cares about his players in the program. I don't see him just up and leaving them after one year. He doesn't strike me as a guy that would ever do that. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. For our final segment, we're going to talk about what – I'm going to call our Wednesday grab bag. These are like little short things that I've been going on in my mind that I couldn't put into a whole segment, but I thought would give some answers. And I have a few questions that popped up on our, our page on BC Bulletin that I thought would be interesting to talk about as well. First of all, uh, today, Greg Marshall was fired finally from Wichita State after punching a player and choking someone else and verbally assaulting multiple other players and staff members. He was finally let go. Now, this wonderful human being is still owed. Uh, he's got, he actually had a settlement for eight and a half million dollars or seven and a half million dollars, I think, uh, which is amazing for assaulting people. Um, now, I want to put this on record before people start asking. No, I do not want him at Boston College. I don't care what Jim Christian has done in terms of like on field stuff. If he is let go after the year, I do not want Greg Marshall here. We have, uh, you know, a set of standards and ethics at Boston College, and I think as someone who's graduated there, you you have a certain pride of having guys like Jeff Halfley and Joanna McNamee and Jerry York and even Jim Christian. I do not want Greg Marshall anywhere near this program, okay? He wins, but he is not worth what he brings in terms of baggage. So don't ask me about him because I'm not going to talk about him again. He's not a legitimate possibility to come to Boston College, He's not someone I want here. So next. On our website, RMCBC81 asked, do I think that Isaiah McDuffie is going to come back next year or enter the NFL draft? 
thought that was a good question. I think he's going to definitely be back. I don't see his stock being all that high right now. Um, and I think he could really benefit from one more year in the system before he leaves. Now, he's one of the top tacklers in the country, but I kind of think of that as an overrated stat. You know, guys are just in his area and he tackles them. You know, he and Max Richardson have that and they're good tacklers, but they don't do, he doesn't do anything spectacular that's going to make him more than a six round draft pick or an undrafted free agent. I would think it'd be wise for McDuffie to stay an extra year and see if he can improve upon his play from this year. So that was a great question. Thank you, RMCBC. Another piece that popped up was, uh, as a host, I got my first Pro Football Focus um, subscription, and I've been dying for this. So, you know, we got one, and I was able to just – I just went to the website and kind of flicked around, and I, I looked at their college page. I have to say I was kind of stunned with what they have for ratings for Boston College. So here's the first thing that I noticed. I went to quarterback rankings. They have a whole page where they rank and rate quarterbacks. I was like, oh, great. Let's see where Phil Jakovic's at. He must be in, like, you know, top 25 easily. Look at the top 50. Not there. Phil Jakovic is rated the 65th best quarterback in the country, which I thought was ridiculous. I had to get more into what the measures actually mean, but that just stunned me because, here you go, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. He has one of the most, you know, the most yards at, at, uh, before this weekend, he has you know 16 touchdowns and five interceptions, and he's ranked 65th. He's below Tommy DeVito. He's be- he's behind Milton, the quarterback from Michigan, who looked awful last week. He's behind the quarterback from Florida State. He's behind Bo Nix, Colin Hill of South Carolina. I I don't know where this statistics come from, but. That one just like, I mean, come on. Jerkovic is not, I I can get you if you put him in like maybe like 30, 35th. But he was 61st, excuse me. That's ridiculous. I, and I don't know. that That's just not an accurate measure of where he's at. And if you look at the rest of the team, the statistics are all nasty for BC. The defense, the second highest rated player is Mike Palmer. The highest rated um Offensive lineman is Alec Lindstrom, who wasn't even all that high, which I, I, you know, I've talked about the struggles, but Alec Lindstrom is ahead of some of those other guys. Okay. But the highest rated player, I'm sure you can all guess, is um, Hunter Long, the wide uh, tight end. He's number two in the country and right behind Kyle Pitts of Florida. So that's not a surprise. He's number two. And then Zay Flowers is, is he in the top 10? Nope. Top 20? Nope. Top 50? Nope. Top 75? Nope. Top 100? Nope. I'll give it to you. He's ranked 151st. Right down there with Tariq Black, who was uh, allegedly going to be a BC transfer at one point. He's below all sorts of guys like Daryl Harding of Duke and Taj Harris of Syracuse and... I mean, just name a court, uh, wide receiver. He's behind Tavion Robinson, Cornell Power. He's behind all of those guys. 151st in the country. Um, I, I love statistics. I need to really understand where Pro Football Focus gets their statistics from because I, I just eyeballing it, Zay Flowers is one of the best wide receivers in the ACC, and they have him near the bottom. So I thought that was funny. I'm going to get more into how they do things and look at game. I know they do game recaps and things, and those will be interesting to do as well. 
Before we take off, the last piece of our grab bag is that ice hockey, men's hockey, returns this weekend. Boston College takes on uh, UNH in two games on Friday and Saturday uh, and a home-and-home. So they play at um, BC on Friday night and then on Saturday. Both games are on Nesson, so get ready for that. Um, I'll give you some more hockey details later on in the week. Um, I need to – honestly, I have to do a little research because hockey, like for me, for, for me, my interests go football – basketball, women's basketball. Honestly, I've kind of gotten into that. And then men's hockey. And I love men's hockey. I just don't know a lot about it. So I know about Spencer Knight and some of the other guys on that, um, like Logan Hotsko and um, such. But I always have someone else writing on hockey on the site because I don't know the ins and outs. But I'm going to learn it. So we'll all learn that together. So Again, this is AJ Black. Later on this week, we're going to have Eric Hofsis join us again to talk about basketball. He has some inside information that he's going to tell us about you know, lineups and what we could expect out of BC basketball this week. Again, as I said earlier, check out my website, bcbulletin.com. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can check out the sites, uh, my site at Boston College SI or the podcast at Locked on BC. Uh, thank you all for following. If you have any thoughts and you want to send them to me, direct message me on Twitter. You can email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. And again, this is my weekly reminder. If you haven't already, if you're listening to this on Apple or Google Podcasts or whatever site that you have that you can rate this, give me a five-star review if you really enjoy this. It really helps people find the site in my podcast. So it it really does make a big difference, and I appreciate I've seen a lot of you doing that. If more of you could do it, it would be such a big help. So thank you all. This is AJ Black. Have a great Wednesday, and I'll see you all again tomorrow for another episode.